amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the host and guests and do not necessarily represent those of any organization, including One Generation Away. The freedom of a people to choose its leaders is the root of liberty. Keep alive this experiment in liberty. Liberty, in case you've forgotten, is the soul's right to breathe. Government should be very minimal in protecting liberty. Peace cannot be purchased at the cost of liberty. The sturdy ground of liberty. Liberty once lost, it's lost forever. Fight for their liberty and for our security. Guarantees individual liberty. This great republic born alone in liberty. 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 Just how much do you want liberty? This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. A production of LibertyNation.com. Cutting through the double talk, taking on the topics, going after what the politicians really mean, and making it all clear. For your freedom and your liberty, Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Will President Trump win a second term? And what happens with Black Lives Matter if he doesn't? Welcome back into Liberty Nation Radio, a production of LibertyNation.com and heard from coast to coast on the Radio America Network. Black Lives Matter has become far more than an organization or even a movement. It has metastasized into a revolutionary uprising with leftist politicians, media and academics turning a blind eye to, or in some cases even embracing, BLM's self-professed Marxism. They've been on the march and succeeding beyond their wildest expectations as President Trump's poll numbers drop. We'll bring you two scenarios today with a couple of heavy hitters from LibertyNation.com. Editor-in-Chief Lisa K. Donner with a surprisingly bold and defiant forecast on the election. And Managing Editor Mark Angelides with an apocalyptic view of what would happen if Black Lives Matter and their radical compatriots succeed in gaining real power under a left-wing administration and the America we know falls. Plus, LN Legal Affairs Editor Scott Cosenza on the first federal executions in 17 years, more drama in the Jeffrey Epstein affair, and what's happening these days to people wearing MAGA hats. Say what? Say what? Say what? One more time. We commence the proceedings with our signature segment, Say What?, where we roll out a virtual assembly line of wacky, astonishing, damnable, and ultimately revealing things uttered by politicians in the chattering class. It's all about the schools now and whether to reopen them come late August and September. It's the latest front in the war over COVID-19 that's become almost 100% political. The right wants to open schools as they aggressively push to reopen. The left says the sky is falling, that sending kids to school as their parents return to work poses a clear and present danger to both the kids and teachers who are increasingly pushing the same frightful narrative as the politicians on the left 
who want to stall the recovery of the economy because they believe it will hurt Trump on November 3rd, perhaps fatally. See, everything, everything you see in here from now till November 3rd is about the election. Listen to the nation's most powerful Democrat, Nancy Pelosi, spreading the COVID fear. Going back to school is, presents the biggest risk for the spread of the coronavirus. They ignore science and they ignore governance in order to uh, make this happen. If there are CDC guidelines, they should be requirements. Fearful suburban housewives may tremble at the thought of their kids going back to school, but the problem is that what Pelosi just said is not true. Shocker there. Listen to Dr. Scott Atlas, head of health care policy for the prestigious conservative think tank, the Hoover Institution, put the lie to the left's claims that kids returning to school is the height of danger. That's just completely wrong and contrary to all the science. And when I say, when I say all the science, I'm talking about science from all over the world, not just in the United States, but Switzerland, Sweden, Canada, France, the Netherlands, Australia, Asia. Uh, I mean, it's really totally contrary to the science. And here's the science. Uh, I'm not sure how many uh, times it has to be said, but the risk to children from uh, this disease for fatality is nearly zero. And this has been proven by contact tracing all over the world by studies on these kids. This is like really ludicrous. But that hasn't stopped the leftists from trying to shut down as much of the country as possible again. And let me tell you, folks, it ain't going to happen in a single red state. But if some blue state governors somehow think further restricting people's freedom will help them beat Trump and Republicans, they will certainly consider it. And all of this, of course, is happening against a backdrop of revolt in the streets where almost none of the protesters, rioters, and looters are wearing masks or social distancing. But that's no big deal to the left because they say these protests are more important than the risk of getting or spreading COVID. But everyone else needs to be controlled and regulated. Meanwhile, the final election-fueled assault on Trump from the far left is just now ramping up with the election just about 15 weeks away. Allow me to offer three prominent attacks. First, Hawaii Senator Maisie Hirono discarding the more opaque terms deplorable and irredeemable favored by Hillary Clinton in favor of a more transparent description of Trump and those who support him. She has a base of supporters who are very anti-immigrant and uh, white supremacists. That's who, that's the, a lot of his base. So old Maisie says a lot of Trump supporters are white supremacists. Now, I'm wondering if a lot means more or less than the half of Trump supporters Hillary Clinton described as deplorable and irredeemable. Hillary's on the sidelines this time, but issued a remarkably tone-deaf warning this week about the man who brought an unceremonious end to her political career four years ago. I think it is um, a fair point to raise as to whether or not, if he loses, um, he's going to go quietly or not. Uh, And we have to be ready for that. Think about what she just said, and then recall 
how she pulled out every excuse in the book, including that Trump stole the election. And it certainly wasn't her fault that she lost in 2016. But the heat's been turned up to a full boil at Trump deranged media outlets like CNN and MSNBC as black militants control the streets after dark in cities across the nation and demonize people for being white. A guy named Jason Johnson went on MSNBC and had the chutzpah to accuse Trump of being racially divisive and then said there's only one possible way Trump could win. This is Trump's modern Southern strategy. You know, his entire strategy going forward is there's an us versus them. Uh, and, and the them is anybody black, anybody brown, anybody queer, anybody poor, anybody who doesn't worship at the almighty temple of Trump. Um, and he's going to try and justify overt actions of violence as being politically necessary. He's losing the white vote. And if, if Joe Biden only gets about 40 percent of the white vote, he doesn't even have to hit Obama numbers. Trump is going to get wiped out in all of the states that he barely won in 2016. Joe Biden, all he's got to do is sit back. The Republicans in a circling, uh, circular firing squad at this point, And all he's got to do is walk into the White House. Mm-hmm. The only way that Donald Trump can win this fall is if he cheats. Mark that down, because if Trump does win, even if by a large margin, you can count on the left refusing to accept the result, the very thing they accused Trump of, because Trump cheated. In other words, just like 2016, when the Russians put him in office, there's no legitimate path for Donald Trump to get reelected. But one wonders how Joe Biden will be able to close the deal when you've got New York, for one, in a meltdown, defunding the police as violence continues largely unabated and the nation looks on. This week, a legitimate peace march in Brooklyn was ruined by thugs who attacked the police unprovoked. And then there's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez actually defending people rioting and looting. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession? Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. That is exactly the kind of statement that voters will be considering as they enter the privacy of the voting booth on November 3rd. Finally, as the likes of AOC cheer on the destruction of symbols and institutions of Western civilization and statues of great Americans are toppled across the land, Another cultural icon finally bit the dust this week at the hands of Daniel Snyder, owner of the Washington Redskins, who once declared that he would never surrender the name of his team. But after relentless pressure from giant left-wing corporate sponsors, he relinquished the name which defined the franchise for 88 years. Mark One Wolf Yancey, Apache Indian and part of the Native American Guardians Association, was asked if getting rid of the name Redskins has been a priority for Native Americans. Absolutely not. 
Uh, I've been a lifelong Redskin fan. I grew up in the uh, in the '80s in the heyday of uh, you know all of our Super Bowl championships. There's um, uh, a sense in Washington D.C. that you know the Redskin um, you know could do no wrong, and there was never a time in my life where the word Redskin was ever used in any type of derogatory way. And, you know, in looking around the Internet for how regular football fans are viewing the surrender of the Redskins name, I heard a lot of insults directed at owner Dan Snyder. But this one by a black guy on a YouTube channel called simply Truth probably had the best one. The whole thing about racism comes from a lot of quote unquote woke folks that don't even watch football. Okay, these these latte supers in the Ivory Tower in the sky don't care about football. They don't watch football. They don't like football. They probably would want for football to be abolished. Latte sippers in their ivory towers in the sky, joined at the hip with criminals running wild in the streets. What an alliance! Quick break, and then we're back with a bold and defiant prediction of the presidential election from the editor-in-chief of LibertyNation.com. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Stay ahead of the curve with LibertyNation.com. With one click, you get tomorrow's news today with LNTV's hot topics and analysis, Liberty Nation Radio, the Uprising and Rabbit Hole podcasts, and dozens of insightful original articles. While the media establishment giants are sleeping, you can stay ahead of the curve with LibertyNation.com and get tomorrow's news today. LibertyNation.com We believe that all men are entitled to blessings of liberty. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Political columnists covering national politics are often given over to the idea of making bold or even outrageous predictions, believing that if they're right, everyone will remember, and if they're wrong, people will probably forget. But as Washington political columnist for LibertyNation.com, I decided to go on record more than one year ago, precisely July 6th, 2019, with what I thought at the time was a well-reasoned prediction that Donald Trump would win big this year, exceeding the 304 electoral votes he won last time and would win at least 350. Of course, these early predictions always have to be tempered by the universal warning, barring unforeseen events. Well, since that prediction of over a year ago, we have certainly had unforeseen events, an unprecedented pandemic, which shut down most of the country for three months, racial balkanization, the rise of an openly Marxist organization pretending to be about civil rights, and violence in the streets like none we've ever seen since the radical days of the 1960s. I think those qualify as unforeseen events. So Trump is behind in the polls, and uncertainty about this election reigns but not in the mind of the editor-in-chief of LibertyNation.com. In a column this week entitled Bracing for 2020, Why Deplorable Should Fear No Evil, Lisa K. Donner comes strong to the keyboard with a certainty about the election, which few others seem to share at this point, writing, quote, 
For while the journey may be strewn with obstacles, victory is assured for the man in the Oval Office. And Lisa joins us now. Hello, Lisa. Hi, Tim. How are you? I'm doing well. Now, first, I want you to share with the audience what happened four years ago before LibertyNation.com even existed when you wrote a column similar to the one this week. But it was right before Election Day. But you were told by the proprietor of the site where your work was being published at the time that they wouldn't run it because it might jinx the outcome. So here's your chance to share what you wrote then and how it might be similar to your column this week. Well, I wrote that there was a possibility of uh, a landslide for Trump, that he would surely win and surely do well. And and I think that panned out. And it's hard to remember, but the polls, really, everybody did not see this coming. I thought there was a lot of people who just weren't willing to say uh, what they felt about the election, and they would sort of come up to you at parties and say, I'm Trump. Rasmussen's White House poll watch has narrowed the lead between Trump and Biden from 10 points to three points. That's a lot in a week. Okay, and Rasmussen was, of course, the most accurate predictor, along with the L.A. Times tracking poll in 2016. Let's get into specific reasons that you give for a Trump victory. And the first point is what you call the pendulum effect. You know, between COVID-19 and the BLM thing, you know, we've had a real situation of everything moving towards the progressive left. And this is generally a centrist country. The second point you make, Lisa, echoes a concept first introduced during the days of Richard Nixon, the silent majority. Are you saying there are likely to be even more of those so-called silent voters this time around? Oh, I think indeed, especially in this environment where you speak up at your own risk. I mean, let's face it, there, there's just a lot more animosity uh, now about free speech than there even was in 2016. I think that Americans don't like confrontation, and so they're going to keep to themselves, but that's not going to mean they're not going to go to the polls and exercise their franchise. There are a lot of people between what I call the sea to shining sea, the, the people that I also call the folks that plant grow and harvest those amber waves of grain. Lisa, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Tim. Lisa K. Donner, editor-in-chief of LibertyNation.com. Quick break, and then we're back to consider the opposite of a Trump victory. What would happen if the ascendant Black Lives Matter is granted real power under a Joe Biden administration? Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. Far more important than my political future and far more important than yours, the well-being of our country. This is Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. 
It's often easy to lose perspective with the type of disease and violence that surrounded us these last months. Hard to keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. So it's instructive to consider not so much how we view America from the inside, but how we're viewed by the rest of the world, what we mean to the planet. Consider these words in a column in LibertyNation.com this week entitled The Great Erasure. We are immersed in the attempted destruction of our civilization. For those of you paying attention, radical Marxists under the guise of racial justice are in the throes of tearing down history, denigrating and destroying institutions, and trying to demean subsets of society based upon the color of their skin. Are we witnessing the smoldering embers of a fire that will consume Western civilization? Are we smart enough to both recognize and smother it before it becomes an inferno? We are faced with a question. It continues, what would happen if the United States were to fall? Those the words of LibertyNation.com managing editor and international correspondent Mark Angelides, who joins us now. Hello, Mark. Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Well, always a pleasure. So, Mark... What exactly constitutes, in your mind, a fall, as you describe it? And give us a sense of the dominoes you believe would fall in succession if the United States were to fall. Well, um, a a falling nation would mean that uh, it loses the things which make it a nation. So that's its institutions, its history. Uh, and perhaps most importantly, the ideals on which it was founded, in this case, obviously being the, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Uh, once these things are gone, well, the, the land itself, it, of course, is still going to be there, but it wouldn't resemble the nation that we know today. Um, and the, the, the domino idea, it's a good one. Uh, so once one thing goes, the others follow in a uh, quick succession. Um, already we have the, the history element being torn down, what with statues flags, uh, cancel culture, removing of books that are, are now deemed offensive. Um, anyone who dares speak up for these things, they're, they're uh, denigrated or canceled. Um, and the institutions of the country can't be far behind this. You write, quote, this is a nation founded not on race, religion or politics, but on an ideal of liberty. Its whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Would liberty reassert itself, referring to if we were to suffer the kind of fall we just talked about? Well, Mark, would liberty reassert itself or be gone forever? Over time, yes, perhaps. Uh, As I think Ronald Reagan said, uh, uh, the loss of liberty is only one generation away. But um, if we look at history, we we see that it's it's, it's like a, a seesaw or a pendulum. Really, so we go from tyranny to freedom back again. Uh, it's repeated uh, all the time, but I don't feel that uh, if the United States were to fall, that there would be anything quite like it again, um, because the United States is and always has been something unique and something special. It, as, as I say, more than the, the sum of its constituent parts. So I, I think uh, we wouldn't see its like again. So here are some more of your words. Those who believe that the destruction of Western culture would result in an era of peace and equality are fools. How so? 
Well, um, the, the fact is that people, they value freedom, don't they? Uh, freedom, it's, it's never won by force, uh, either by the barrel of a gun or, or bureaucracy putting on pressure. And I think uh, if this trend, if it continues, now it may sound a little out there, uh, but I think what we'll see will be, will be described as terrorism, um, the left, it, it controls all the major institutions, the education, legal systems. Um, and they're a minority, but they have the power. Yes. Uh, and they have the power to label somebody in, you know, who perhaps in the near future might be trying to reassert the freedoms that they grew up with, the freedoms that you have in America right now. Um, and I, I, I can't see how they wouldn't label that person a terrorist or already there, you know, calling uh, people who, who they're canceling people who said words 30 years ago that are, even two years ago, in fact, um, that, that aren't acceptable to the, the progressive ideals today. And we know that this, this utopia would fail because we've seen it before. Um, as I like to say on the rabbit hole, that there's nothing new under the sun and all this has happened before. Think of the, the kulaks and the, the gulags. Um, and even some of the more recent uh, historical genocides, this is what happens when you remove liberty and you end up with uh, people fighting against. And I think it could be a, a, very, a very bloody and dark time in the United States. For those who aren't religiously oriented, there's nothing new under the sun is from Ecclesiastes. And I think it's good advice for people that aren't even believers in the Bible, because it's true. There is nothing new under the sun. That's what your podcast on LibertyNation.com is all about, putting the past and the present into perspective and understanding, among other things, that there is nothing new under the sun. We think everything that we see is unprecedented, has never happened before in the history of civilization. But that speaks to an idea called presentism, which means that our entire world revolves around the way things are now. One more line from your article, Mark, quote, the statues, the street names, the buildings, the anthem, the flag, the language, piece by piece, brick by brick, being taken apart and consigned not even to history, but to George Orwell's memory hole, never to be thought of or mentioned again. Now, Mark, I thought we were in a time of populist uprising. And now we see open Marxism in the streets of America and elsewhere. How is this happening less than four years after the populist uprising that resulted in Brexit and then the Trump election? Uh, it's, a, it's a tough question. It's, it's a conundrum, certainly. Um, I mean, I'm not sure I, I've seen a time like this where just about everybody ha has an opinion on politics. You know, many people are... Uh, have a better understanding and a desire for freedom than ever before. Um, and what we have to remember is with this happening, there's a pushback. Uh, that, that's the way I see it, yes. that, that there's a pushback from the globalists. And so what was very much an undercurrent before that was working behind the scenes, um, taking over educational institutions, ensuring that only the right opinions are allowed in universities, because of Brexit and because of Donald Trump's election, They've had to come out in the open. So they are a minority, but they have a lot of power. Um, and they're under threat, like literally like never before. So they have to come out in the open. They have to do everything they can. And, and that involves setting up uh, useful idiots to, to riot in the streets, not even understanding 
what they're asking for. Um, and, and really, that, 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 to me, that's what it is. It's, it, it's the final last gasp of the globalists because uh, on January 1st, 2021, Britain leaves the EU. It's official. That, that's the final day. There's no more transition period. It's done. Um, and of course, in November, if you dig into the crosstabs properly for the polling, you can see that Donald Trump's going to win the election again. And they can't keep this up for another four years with, with Donald Trump or, or another 20 years until another referendum comes around for Brexit. So this is it. This is their last chance. So this is why we're seeing things reaching a crescendo right now, because they're fighting for their globalist survival. Um, that's why I think it's happening. Mark, thank you so much. Your insights are very useful, especially the perspective of a Brit who loves the U.S., but doesn't live here and can look from the perspective of an outsider. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Tim. Thank you. And don't forget Mark's podcast, The Rabbit Hole, Politics and Prose, where, as we like to say, past is prologue. And we'll be back with Talk and Liberty featuring the first federal executions in many years, more drama in the Jeffrey Epstein affair, and what's happening these days to people wearing MAGA hats. Liberty Nation with Tim Donner. And now it is time finally for the ultimate segment of Liberty Nation Radio. It's when we reintroduce our regular contributor, constitutional lawyer, LibertyNation.com legal affairs director, and the big finish, our guardian of individual liberty, Scott David Cosenza. Hello, Scott. Hello, Tim. All right, let's break right in with something that I know. From having known you for a long time and being a lover of liberty, you find absolutely deplorable, Uh which is executions. And especially, I would surmise, at the federal level, there hadn't been any for 17 years. This week, there were two. Supreme Court responded to petitions to exercise several uh, federal death row prisoners. Uh, There are two that have been executed already. Uh, More to come. And the manner of the executions, at least and especially one of them, which was of a man who is alleged to have dementia and Alzheimer's to the point where he cannot understand the charges against him or his own uh, impending death at the hands of the state, are quite troubling. So here's a key question. Did the man uh, who was executed, did he have dementia at the time he committed the crime. I don't believe there's any allegation that he had dementia at the time of the crime, but part of our system requires that we not execute people who can't understand for any reason, whether, in other words, that could be for, you know, they lack the cognitive ability to do so, or through injury or medical injury, like we could say here, lack the ability to under, because then it's just cruel, right? Then you're just, in other words, there's no point to it. It's a political decision to execute these people. The Justice Department pushed so hard to do so, we got two Supreme Court decisions that were released at 3 a.m. and 4 a.m., considering. You think about the, the level of push that that, that, that takes, Tim. Um, I just think it's a political decision on behalf of the Trump administration uh, to do this, and I can only presume that they see political value in it, which is why uh, we're confronting it now rather than some other time during the administration. All right, let's move on to the 
ever ugly LaFair Jeffrey Epstein and a woman named Ghislaine Maxwell. Why does she keep showing up in the headlines these days, Scott? I was surprised on the law that she didn't get bail, but not surprised because of the cultural relevance of her, uh, the accusations against her. Uh, to be the judge that sets this person free who uh, Americans have been conditioned to believe is a monster uh, for you know at least the better part of a year, including a Netflix series devoted to that, um, uh, would be yes. somewhat extraordinary, and that's not the result that we saw. She was denied bail, and uh, I wrote for LibertyNation.com that, I, that the, the judge made clear that her wealth was uh, part of the, the reason why, if not one of the main reasons why. And I just thought it was interesting. You know, we're, we're taught that uh, the rich get better justice in this country, but uh, in this case, the wealth hurt her. Well, that's a perfect segue into the next story, which is about Robert Kraft, who certainly is a rich guy, owner of the New England Patriots, multiple Super Bowl champions, uh, you know, in his trophy case, and an easy target because he's a Trump supporter. And, I mean, he is being— what Tim, if you're worth be $7 billion and you're friends with the president uh, and you're a white guy and you can't get your way on a misdemeanor charge, then all these notions that the system is geared— towards the embodiment and building up of white males uh, seems to, to put the lie to that. I mean, talk about a trophy case. So the Robert Kraft appeal has been heard. And let's make clear again, we've discussed it before, not because Robert Kraft himself is a significant guy, but because it's emblematic of the political prosecutions of people and the the temptation by district attorneys to go get themselves one for the trophy case, and the bigger the better, even if you have to make up that he was part of a sex ring when all he did was pay for sex. Or add another chapter to that, which is now you don't want to be embarrassed because of the uh, the quality of the arrest and prosecution. So right. Dave Arenberg, who is the Democrat politician who prosecutes the case, he's the state's attorney for that area. Um, it's incumbent upon him then to secure some kind of conviction so that he can walk away without being embarrassed uh, and affecting right. negatively his future political aspirations. Face-saving. And it may be that the so-called sex ring that they were going at, it may be a lot of times it seems to me, Scott, that they get a, they get a high-profile guy and try to bag him to cover for a web of incompetence that occurred throughout an investigation, and they try to cover it with a Tim? big big name. Arenberg said modern-day slavery can happen anywhere, including Jupiter, Florida. So he was alleging that there was modern-day slavery happening. And then when it came time to actually—that was before the press and the cameras, right? But when it came time to actually produce charges in court, which could be substantiated, it turned out to be simply misdemeanor prostitution charges. And that's why I say and speculate, Tim, that if instead of being a rich celebrity, uh, Mr. Kraft was just a poor workaday fellow, these charges would have already been dropped. So let's see if we can interpret this. You're saying he was a victim of bias against the rich. That's right. Okay. I wanted to hear you say it or agree with <laughs> well, it or say there, yes. There that may be, it, there, well, there may be one other component there, which is just biased in favor of a positive political outcome for the Florida state attorney. Okay. I think that's, I, I, be- that's probably a better way to put yeah. it. Okay. Fair enough. Now, Michael Flynn, we have to go back to that one, too. The judge, Sullivan, appeals the order that he dismisses the charges. Tim, the federal government said they didn't want to prosecute Judge Flynn anymore. Uh, 
Judge Sullivan said, well, not so fast. I, I, I might not be ready to dismiss these charges. Flynn's counsel went to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals and said, please direct this district court judge to dismiss these charges. We're entitled by right to have them be dismissed. Uh, Flynn lost that uh, uh, case. Basically, they asked him for a briefing on it. And he lost. That was a three-judge panel at the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. Now is directed by that court to dismiss these charges. He doesn't want to do that, at least not yet. And he appeals, not to the Supreme Court, which he could, but to the full D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. And 11, uh, there are 11 judges on that circuit. And so 50% plus one would mean six of them would have to vote to take this case. After that review process, it could then, the result could then be appealed to the Supreme Court as well. So now he's going to go about twisting the arms of multiple appellate court judges because he hates Trump that much and takes this extraordinary step. Isn't it extraordinary or is it just unusual? I think that we're now into extraordinary territory. And also, don't underestimate the possibility that this has nothing to do with Donald Trump and just is about one man who doesn't who's perceived as being pushed around and doesn't want to be. In other words, you know, the I just assume everything between now and November 3rd, <laughs> right, everything right, sure. is about the election. Before we go, speaking of the election, this dust up between a MAGA hatted woman in a viral oh, yes. video and Joy Reid of MSNBC with the ironically named morning show morning joy which spreads no joy but but we digress scott well uh speaking of ironic names the the name of the woman in the suit is uh la liberté Uh, that's her last name and ms la liberté roslyn was at a community meeting on immigration when uh, she had an exchange with a uh, Hispanic man at the same meeting, a Hispanic boy, um, and a photo uh, was taken. And just like the, uh, uh, remember the, the, the Covington Catholic uh, photo with the, that yes. spread a lie around uh, the world? Uh-huh. Well, this similarly spread a lie. And the lie was that Ms. La Liberté was chiding the young Hispanic man and saying vile things about him. And in fact, the opposite was true. They were having a civil discussion about uh, the issues at hand. And Ms. Reed uh, tweeted out that photo and added some spice to it in terms of uh, accusations uh, against Ms. La Liberté. That, and, and Ms. Reed was never there. And she just like kind of passed along this information. So what happened was uh, Liberté sued for... Uh, defamation and the lower courts had threw, throughout the case and said that um, she was basically a public uh, figure for that limited purpose and also that uh, the California slap statute would be in place, which uh, allows for easy dismissal of lawsuits against public figures. Be, with the idea, are they considered like nuisance lawsuits? Well, that, well, a strategic lawsuit against public policy is what that SLAP acronym stands for, and it's designed to prevent lawsuits that are merely put up not in a genuine attempt to redress a wrong, but to frustrate a discussion of you know public policy. On that note, thank you, Scott. Thank you. This program, Liberty Nation Radio and LibertyNation.com's own podcasts, The Uprising, hosted by Scott, and The Rabbit Hole Politics and Prose, where past is prologue. All available on demand at LibertyNation.com and from fine podcast providers everywhere. Plus, don't forget about the brand new LibertyNation.com Roku channel. 
So that is it for this week, but we'll be back at you next week, same time, same station. Till then, this is Tim Donner saying stand up for liberty. And we'll see you next time on Liberty Nation Radio. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.